Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, welcome again to Growing in Grace. I'm Joel Brzezinski, the Breeze Man, and Mike the Cap. Kapler is with me. Happy to have you here with me again, Cap. Uh, we've done oh pretty close to 300 programs by now, and I think we're just getting started on this whole thing. You know, just touching the surface of God's unconditional love and grace. Anyway, hope things are going well with you, Cap. Everything is going well with me, Joel. It is good to be here with you. I am so glad that we can just come here and be ourselves and talk from the heart. You sound like a church I was just in. Oh. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so glad that we're not robots like that. At least not anymore. Cookie-cutter Christian. Cookie-cutter. I'm so glad we're not that. I remember that kind of period in my life where I was just basically copying whatever I would hear preached, whatever I would see other people do. <laughs> That was, I just thought that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. So I'll go and do that stuff, the stuff that they're doing. I'll just join in with it. And I didn't know any different. I didn't uh, have a foundation. And I think, you know, sometimes there's a place for that. A person is perhaps new in their relationship with the Lord and kind of figuring things out and watching other people and, and maybe some copying going on or whatever there's i think there's room for that but there's a time there's a time that comes when you i think a person has to begin to and i'm going to use a a phrase that some people might think is a worldly phrase but you got to think for yourself And, and i mean that in the sense that you have a relationship with god and you've got the scriptures in front of you you've got the mind of christ and you're one spirit with god just like every other christian is and so there comes a time when it's not just what the preacher says, it's not just what so-and-so says, but God, you lead me, you guide me, you direct me, and, you know, just follow the Holy Spirit as we as we live this life in Christ. Yeah, I mean, uh, the cookie-cutter Christian mentality, that's where churchianity tries to shape and mold us to be like them. Uh, to it, it basically communicates a recipe a recipe with certain ingredients that we are all supposed to follow. We're all mm-hmm. supposed to follow the recipe and become like other cookies. <laughs> and uh, that should not be the case. And uh, we want to talk a little bit more about where we left off on the last program about our identity in Christ and uh, the fact that we have been created in, in the image of him. And, you know, Joel... There's a lot of phrases that we we probably even use on on this program, as as much against the grain as we go when it comes to a lot of the traditional religious teaching in Christianity. That is really what we consider, in some cases, to be sort of an anti-gospel message. Even some of the phrases and words that we use to somebody listening for the first time who really doesn't consider themselves a spiritual person, this all may sound a little bit foreign to you. So hang in there with us because we're, we're here to give you some good news. That, that's what gospel means. And that's what Paul talked about. Let me, let, me, let me set you up here with this because I'm about to go into Romans chapter 1, which was 
listed as the first epistle that Paul wrote after the book of Acts, right, in the Bible. And I don't think that that's an accident, because Paul in Romans chapter 1 gets into one of the most important things that you and I will discover in the Christian life, and that's our new identity in Christ, what we have already been made to be through belief in him. But there's a lot of people out there who just don't, they don't get the phraseology and stuff. So we'll try and talk in, in plain English here today. But what is the gospel? The gospel is, it just means good news. And, and Paul talked about this, Romans 1, 16 and 17. He said, I am not ashamed of the good news. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Verse 17, for in it, for in the gospel... The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. The righteousness of God is revealed. So what is righteousness? The definition of righteousness in Strong's definition is, in a broad sense, the state of him who is as he ought to be, the condition acceptable to God. You have been made acceptable to God through simply believing in his Son, Jesus Christ. That's it. There's nothing that you and I can do to add anything to it. This is such an important part of who we are. Because, you see, if, if you and I don't understand this thing that we call the new identity, if, if you don't get a grip on it, then life is going to be a little bit difficult when it comes to understanding things uh, in, in the Bible, things about God, things in your own life. You'll go through a lot of struggles and challenges not the least of which will be guilt, condemnation. Again, not understanding what has already been provided to us through the cross, understanding who you already are. Without that understanding, life is going to be a challenge. With that understanding and with a general knowledge of and gaining a, a better understanding of what has been revealed through the gospel, and that is righteousness, once you begin to get that, then there are so many other things that will fall into place. Joel, your thoughts on that? Yeah, because you're, you're talking about the core of the Christian life, or, or or the you know the foundation of life in Christ. And and if you don't start with the right foundation, you're going to get the rest of it wrong as well. And so, what you're talking about there, that the righteousness of God has been revealed. You know, for a few years in my life, I thought when I heard that phrase, the righteousness of God has been revealed, and I'm not ashamed of the gospel because uh, in it the righteousness of God is revealed, I was thinking that everything then was pointed towards me, that I had to somehow live up to this righteousness thing, this righteousness of God. Somehow it was me. It was all based upon me. Yeah, God has has saved me, but somehow I've it's up to me to keep this thing, but when it comes down to it, that's not the gospel. It's God's very own righteousness that's been given to us as a gift. And so, as you think about it, what did you do to become righteous? Anyone listening, you know, here, what did you do to become righteous? Well, you didn't do a thing. <laughs> you did nothing. In fact, if you look, you know, we're talking about Romans 1, 16 and 17. And if, uh, and Paul kind of takes a break right after that and for the next, you know, through the rest of chapter 1, and into chapter 2, and uh, the first part of chapter 3, he talks about the unrighteousness of man, our own unrighteousness. When it comes to us standing in front of God, <laughs> the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. That's what Paul says about the righteousness 
of man. It stinks. It's filthy. It really amounts to ungodliness and unrighteousness, no matter how good a person is. And so he goes through all that for, you know, a couple chapters there, and then he gets back to it in Romans, in Romans 3. He gets back to the, uh, Romans 3.21. But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed. Apart from our efforts, apart from our works, has nothing to do with our performance. So if we think, how did we become righteous? We did nothing. It's all God's doing. It's his very own righteousness that he's given to us as a gift. You know, our good actions, no matter how good, they didn't make us righteous. <laughs> and our, uh, quote, bad actions don't make us unrighteous either, because the righteousness that we have is God's very own righteousness that's been given to us as a gift. And so, again, like you were saying, Cap, if we don't start with that foundation, with that truth as the foundation, then we're going to be going around, you know, all throughout our Christian life trying to continue to establish our own righteousness through the law, or if even if we don't think we need to follow the law, through our own works, through somehow trying to please God by our works, when really, again, it's just got to be a free gift and, and nothing nothing else, nothing we can add to it. Absolutely. And, and gaining a greater understanding of that will change your life. Now, even that word righteousness, Joel, will, it, it, to some people that just sounds like a religious word. It sounds like a Bible word, right? Well, it is. Uh, but it just simply means to be right with God. And, and you go around and start checking people's hearts, if we could, and you will find that that's probably one of the biggest needs. The, the thing that people want to know the most is that they're right with God. Churches are filled with them every week, with mm -hmm. people who are believers, who still want to know that they're right with God because they haven't been taught or haven't yet understood this thing about their new identity in Christ, that they have been made right with him. Even the word holy or holiness, again, sounds like another religious word, doesn't it? It sounds like something, well, that's what God is. But you see, you and I have taken on some of these same attributes that, that God has, the very nature of God has uh, we've inherited and it has become a part of us. I'm looking in, in Philippians 3.9, I'm picking up in the middle of something Paul was saying, but basically he says, we've been found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the work that he did. The righteousness which is from God by faith. The opposite of faith is the law or works. So it's by faith, trusting in what Jesus did, not in what we do, that we uh, attain to this, this thing that we call righteousness or, or being right with God, being acceptable to God. We are without blame. Did you realize that? That's a part of your new identity in Christ. As a believer, this isn't a religious thing. or It's not even a church thing. It has nothing to do with your first communion. It has nothing to do with being baptized. It has nothing to do with going to confession or, or any of those things, ceremonial things that might be going on in, in, your, in your religious church uh, corner. It's nothing to do with any of that. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that we're anti-church or anti-any of those things. I'm just saying that a lot of people are trusting in the wrong things. And all you have to trust in is the finished work of Christ. It's an act of the heart. All right? It's not an outward act. And so you've been perfected. You are acceptable to him. You are without blame. You've been reconciled. You've, we've been brought together. You are right with him. You are forgiven. 
Joel, let's stay on the subject of forgiven here for just a minute. I, I've heard it said from people before that no matter how many times I confess my sins, no matter how many times I ask forgiveness, I still feel guilty or it will always come back. And you know, one of the reasons why that happens, in my opinion, is because a lot of people who are going through that don't realize that they already are forgiven. That's right. Yeah, they keep on, kind of like what I was saying earlier, trying to establish their own righteousness through what they do, or like you say, through communion, or through baptism, or through confession, or through uh, this or that. But the truth is that it all is based upon faith. It all comes down to faith. The Bible doesn't say, let me just wrap it up with this, the Bible does not say, for without good deeds, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say... For without proper behavior, proper godly behavior, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say for without confession of sins or for without baptism, it is impossible to please God. It says for without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so by faith, we've become all these things that you just mentioned, Cap, and, and a whole bunch more. And we'll get into some, some more of these things as well. But by faith, we've become righteous. We'll pick up more on this next week here on Growing in Grace. I've got a question perhaps to leave people with. Are we just simply positionally righteous? Or has God literally made us righteous? We'll talk about that and a whole bunch more next week right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.